0: Hi there, friends. This is your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, and you are listening to Playbill Presents the Broadway Cast. The Broadway Cast is a weekly podcast that brings the pages of Playbill to life and delivers it directly to theater fans around the world. Every episode will feature Broadway news and exclusive stories from the most notable Broadway personalities. Additionally, the Broadway Cast will give a voice to fans like they've never had before. If you love what we're doing here at the Broadway Cast, and let's be honest, how could you not... Go ahead and make your way over to iTunes, write us a review, give us a five-star rating. We'd give you one if we could. Also, go over to youtube.com backslash the Broadway cast, and you can check out exclusive video footage that you're sure to love. On today's panel, we celebrate triple threats with Karen Ziemba, Tony Yazbek, and Tyler Haynes. But before we get on with the all-singing, all-dancing magic, we have to check in on the Playbill Pulse with Senior Features Editor from Playbill, Ruthie Fearberg.
4: Hi, Ben. Who
0: is here in studio, and she's got hot news for us. Tell us.
4: So we have Harry Potter and the Cursed Child Parts 1 and 2 coming to Broadway. They have finally announced their official first preview date which is going to be March 16th, 2018. And there is a bit of a ticketing process with this one. So registration for the Verified Fan Experience opened yesterday, October 1st through October 5th. For more details, just go over to Playbill.com slash Harry Potter tickets for all of the help.
0: You just can't wave your wand and say Accio preview?
4: Accio tickets, I would think. That's what you'd want. I mean, I haven't graduated from Hogwarts yet, so...
0: I'm a third-year Hufflepuff. I
4: haven't passed my owls, so that <laughs> probably won't work, but we'll try maybe next year after I graduate. Okay. Um, in other magical news, the Share musical, the Share show, as it's called, has announced that it's coming to Broadway. It's going to stop in I Chicago first. I want you to know first. that that was
0: the gayest sentence that has ever been said on the Broadway cast.
4: <laughs> Proceed. I kind of doubt that, but it's okay. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. We'll go with it's it. It's got to be up there. We'll go with it. So they're going to start out in june in chicago and then they're going to come fall 2018 to the neil simon theater also in megastar land yeah bruce springsteen uh, coming to the walter kerr and they have just announced that there is going to be a ticket lottery 75 five dollar ticket lottery it's going to happen on fridays for the upcoming week of tickets so go to the official website for access to that ticket lottery we also have another Grammy-winning star coming to Broadway. Who is it? Just announced Jason Mraz is coming into Waitress.
0: That's very exciting. It I is very like Jason exciting. He starts
4: performances November 3rd. They're going through a lot of changes over there. Everything changes, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, John Collum is starting October 5th, and they've Great. got new pink costumes for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's really exciting. Go over to Playbill.com for all the details about when those performers are starting, why their costumes are changing. All of that. And speaking of pink, Mean Girls. Yeah. Mean Girls Day is tomorrow because it's October 3rd. Oh my gosh, it's
0: Mean Girls Day already. Yes.
4: If you are in New York City on October 3rd, go over to the August Wilson Theater on 52nd Street. They are going to be having a food truck, special guest appearances raffles for tickets all of the things um throughout the day but the best chunk of time to be there is from 11 a.m to 1 p.m so that's tomorrow october 3rd and that is really just scratching the surface because i mean there's always so much happening every day so go over to playbill.com slash news to get all the rest of your news stories from us
0: thanks ruthie fearberg we'll see
4: you next time indeed you will bye then
0: and now without further adieu as the french would say Let's get on with the show! <laughs>
3: Give my regards to Broadway The lullaby of Broadway but, There's a kid in the middle of nowhere who's sitting there living for Tony performances singing and flipping along with the Pippins and Wickets and Kinkies, Matillas and Mormonses So we might reassure that kid and do something to spur that kid Because I promise you all of us up here tonight, we were that kid And now we're <laughs> big.
4: Doesn't
0: that just get you in the mood? Doesn't that just make you feel good about being in show business? Hello, my beautiful Broadway friends. It's your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, and you are listening to Playbill Presents... The Broadway cast I am particularly excited One might say I am Triply excited For this particular episode As we welcome Three of Broadway's Most notable And celebrated Triple threat performers I'll begin here On my immediate left This gentleman has appeared On Broadway in On the Town For which he received A Tony Award nomination He starred in Chicago White Christmas Gypsy Finding Neverland Oklahoma To name a few Currently starring In Prince of Broadway Mr. Tony Yazbek Is here Hi Tony Hi Ben How Oh, yeah. Quick question that I'm fascinated about your career in, and Gypsy has kind of been a theme throughout your career, having done the show, not only with Linda Lavin, mm-hmm. as
1: I believe, is that right? Linda was the first one, yeah, because I was a replacement when I was, when I was a kid, when I was 11. She was the first one. You were 11 years old? Yes.
0: Yeah. Show his kids, man.
1: <laughs> uh, Linda, and then Bernadette. And then, uh, well, Tyne Daly came back, and we did the Mar- Marriott Marquis run mm-hmm. when I was 12, so we did, uh, <laughs> and I think I closed the show when I was thirteen. So it was a good two years. But I, I did; I played it with both of them.
0: And then the jump then to going into doing Tulsa in uh, yes.
1: yeah, two thousand seven. I think it was. was.
0: Has that show meant so much to you, given your your history with yeah. it? Are you like, i like mean, never doing it again. No, done it's it.
1: God. Who doesn't love that show? I mean, it's a perfect musical. I always thought I would someday get tired of it, but I've never felt that way about that show specifically. No. Seated next,
0: Tony Asbeck is a Tony Award winner for her role in Contact. She was Tony-nominated for her performance in Curtains, appeared in Chicago, a chorus line, of course, Prince of Broadway, currently the legendary Miss Karen Ziemba. Hello, Karen Ziemba! Hey,
3: Cameron. (laughs) I
0: have been a fan of yours for a really long time and was so thrilled to meet you briefly the other night at the Cheetah Awards. Mm -hmm. Um, And it bears noting, because he will kill me if I don't say this, but over here, producer Danny tells me all the time that he was once in a production of Curtains. Did you mm. enjoy it? Yeah. I did,
3: actually. It's such a yeah. fun show. It really is. I it's... played uh, uh, Randy Dexter. Oh, so I got sing no. Kansas right. Land. <laughs> All right.
0: Now, don't you feel connected to one another? Yeah, that's that's such a bonding uh, moment. Interesting, too, as we talk about the performers here that are such accomplished actors and dancers and singers, you know, going to winning uh, Tony Award in Contact, which you did without singing. What was the experience of, of that and bringing your story to life solely in dance?
3: Well, that was just the task. It was being able to uh, let people know what journey this woman that I played was on by just the steps I was given and the situation she was in. And the little bit of dialogue that John Weidman had written gave the audience the idea of what was going well with this woman, what's not going so well with this woman, and how she navigated her life And, and that moment in time that takes place. story.
0: And when you're doing a a role like that, do you ever miss the vocal component? I don't miss
3: it in that it was so fully realized and put together. It was really beautifully designed and uh, Susan Stroman knew exactly what story she wanted to tell and she just left it up to me to uh, just kind of play. Play and let it really affect you and hit you hard and, and Show whatever joy that you have inside of you. You know, it yeah. just kind of ran the gamut.
0: I saw, I saw it. I was yeah. there, and you were absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. Wasn't thank you. Really, it was really. Yeah, it a was a wonderful. It was. It was a
3: very interesting show in, in yeah. that it was uh, conveying great stories without a lot of dialogue and without singing. But with, you know, music in the background. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And rounding out our panel, he recently received a Cheetah Rivera Award nomination for his role as the Rum Tum Tugger in Cats. He's also appeared in Oklahoma, Urban Cowboy, Boy From Oz, The Frog, Sweet Charity, played Larry in a Chorus Line. This is Tyler Haynes. Hi. Hi, Tyler. I'm happy to see you in the studio. I'm happy to see you. So here at the Broadway cast, we'd like to start with a little bit of fun uh, and play a little game of who's who in the cast. So we have assembled a couple Playbill bios from some legendary triple threats. Do we raise our hand or just blurt it out? I see you blurt it out. Okay. (laughs) I want this to feel like we're stepping into the octagon. This is musical theater Thunderdome. So here we go. (laughs) This person has had a remarkable impact on all show business media. Whether in film, on stage, or on TV, she has won critical acclaim, fans by the millions, and numerous awards. Broadway has saluted this person with two Tony Awards for... Flora the Red Menace, when she became the youngest actress ever to win a Tony... Award. That's correct! Ding, 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 we ding, We did ding. that all together. I liked this one as well. <clears throat> this person began his career... On an Air Force radio program Flight time in 1944-45 to Should give you a time frame After his discharge, he formed a comedy act Called The Merry Mutes Touring the USA nightclub circuit In 1953 in Atlanta He was hired as host of two TV variety programs Two years later, he headed the his own name show in New Orleans. He starred in two TV specials, The Fabulous Fifties, which won him the lead in his second Broadway show, Bye Bye Birdie. Dick
3: Van Dyke. That's oh, it. I was, about say, I was thinking, Dick I, I did he well, ever have his own show? He,
1: that got me very he excited. He replaced Jack I was Dancer, dancer. Okay, got got it. Yes, he dances with penguins. Yep. Yes. yes.
3: For
0: gosh sakes! Oh
3: God! He's still with us. Mm -hmm. Dick Van Dyke? Yes.
0: And still killing it. I think I recently saw an interview with him, and he is all pizzazz and all energy and teeth and
1: smiles. Yeah. Uh, He should come to Prince of Broadway and Cats. He should. He should come.
0: Dick Van Dyke is... (laughs) Grisabella. <laughs> yes. Oh, He's off. He's Grisabella, but just during the matinees. <laughs> this next triple threat is a Brooklynite and a product of New York's High School of the Performing Arts, where he was cited for his achievements in dance. His career began off Broadway in Langston Hughes' *Prodigal Son*, and has taken him to Las Vegas in *Sweet Charity*, starring Julia Prowse, to Chicago and London with Sammy Davis in *Golden Boy*. Ben That's it. Ooh. Bam, bam, bam. Good boy. Good. Can we do one more? Should we do That's, one more? Yeah. yeah. All right. That's here fun. we go. <clears throat> This person is making her first appearance on the local stage. I like even go to the old school uh, ones. Wow. Is making her first appearance on the local stage since her return from London, where she was roundly acclaimed for her performance as Anita in West Side Story, a role she created in the original Broadway production. Yeah, that's stupid. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I feel good about that. That's who's who. Yeah, new that's, in the that's cast. good. Thanks. It's like oh, wow.
3: it's like Jeopardy. Yeah.
0: And you all scored very high. I think we ended up with forty-five points over here for Tony, oh, sixty-seven yeah. points for Karen, and Tyler. You have negative twenty points, but since they don't mean anything. Who cares? We're all a winner. We're all a winner, and doesn't that feel good? He
3: did get Ben Vereen, though. Laser
0: focused. (laughs) Um, So let's start at the very beginning. What were your earliest memories uh, or inspirations? That being a child and looking at a stage or looking at the screen and saying, "I see singing and dancing," whether I know what that is or not, I got that. That's doing something for my heart. Tony do you remember
1: uh, yeah I'm the earliest r- memory I was for I saw Fred and ginger on, t- on TV and I think it I think the image and the sound obviously but the image of a of a frame from head to toe and it didn't cut it was just like one shot of two mm. dancers who were at the height of their craft you know even in black and white you watch this and i was completely stunned by it and i i felt like it it did something to me and i i couldn't stop moving my body at that point yeah um, but that 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 feeling of just like a, a tight shot, but a full frame from head to toe, of of these dancers that were just technically incredible, mm-hmm. you know. And then I'll, later on, it became someone like Gregory Hines, where I followed his career and wa- wanted to watch him do his thing. And and uh, th- th- those were the inspirations for me that really
0: hit I really love that you bring up this idea of the head-to-toe picture of the full dancer body doing its thing because in, in our day and age you watch an MTV music video and you're like yeah. there's a shoulder and there's a pop of knee and right. who really knows what's happening
1: mm-hmm. and, and, to much- watch, and watch it not so edited you know watch, if, yeah. if you watch those old Fred and Ginger you know movies you might find one or two cuts uh, in, in, a, in a single Four minute dance And that's very rare To find You know It's beautiful
0: Which also means They were prepared They had, they had rehearsed And she had Backwards and in heels Right Missy Emba
3: Well Not unlike Tony For me Because I grew up In Michigan So we didn't have A lot of live theater there Yeah um, In the small town That I came from But my mother loved The movies And she loved Musical movies And And uh, we both uh, watched a lot of those together And I remember, her, you know, seeing Singing in the Rain And uh, American in Paris And there was something about the way Gene Kelly When he would dance with a girl It was like, they seemed so happy And it seemed mm-hmm. so easy Or like he, he and in such a and Brigadoon It's like, he just He just he seemed like such a kind And masculine guy And it was like, he, when you were in his arms Everything was alright And yeah. it, and I just remember that as a kid And going like, mmm I like him, and I want
0: to
2: be her, you know? Yeah, yeah. That
3: kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
2: I love that.
3: Yeah.
2: Tyler Haynes. Uh, the earliest memory I have really was the movie Annie. Seeing that, and, and specifically, um, and ranking in that movie. Because my sisters and I, we played that movie out. And um, recreated stuff, and acted it out, and then... When you recreated, were you playing... Annie. Oh, you were Annie? No. Just you, were, you were Grace? No, I I I uh <laughs> No, I I was just I wanted to be like one of the orphans, but a guy. Because also, too, like what those kids do in that movie is like it's a hard knock life and they're like kids spinning from the ceiling and like like It's unreal. Yeah. It's unreal. And I yeah. didn't realize that till as an adult. <laughs> I was watching it and I was I was like, this is amazing. How they staged those numbers and it it was just something for me that um, I just thought it was the coolest thing and, and we would try and recreate and I'm, I'm not very well but uh, we tried and you know that's when I really remember my imagination kind of taking off too because you know my sisters and I would just stage that or we would do choreography or what we didn't know what we were doing but like we would just use our imaginations and just you know have our own vocabulary and that really just kind of that movie really kind of started it for me,
0: I, I remember playing the Dickens out of that on VHS as well, mm. and having very interesting feelings about Anne ranking in that. I didn't even know the, who Anne ranking was, what those feelings were, but later in life, we turned out to just wanted to braid her hair. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> moving on. Then t- now, tell us what were your first experiences rem- that you remember getting on that stage, Tony?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I I, I trained. A l- <clears throat> I, I was a tap dancer first and foremost, and I. All I wanted to do was dance. I didn't understand. I didn't even understand the ability to storytell yet until I was a little older. I think that's what Gypsy did for me was it completely opened my eyes up to how I could move someone emotionally with what I did on stage. But uh, I just wanted to dance and I didn't understand anything else. I think it was just the simple joy or the simple emotion of happiness, you know, just making someone smile. And I didn't realize that that's actually a simple story, you know. But it, but I think later on when, when I had this audition to do Gypsy, And my first real experience was auditioning on the stage of the St. James Theater um, with a hundred other boys, you know, and, and having to tap dance, to sing, having to play the clarinet. These were the requirements. At and 11 uh, years old. At 11 years old. But, you know, it, and there were a lot of talented people then and, and even more now. And so uh, to be able to do that there on the stage and then get the job and then three days later start rehearsing, was this surreal thing that happened to me and almost just whisked me away into this theater business where I just really wanted to dance for joy and I realized through that just watching I mean really watching Tyne Daly and watching Bob Lambert who played Tulsa and and I was watching these performers from the wings all the time I never wanted to be in my dressing room I just wanted to watch and uh that's when it started for me like I need to I need to tell a story. I need to use the acting, the singing, the dancing, whatever it is, to move an audience. That was the first thought of it, you know, for And
0: me. that's a pretty heady thought for an 11-year-old, mm-hmm. to be go, to put those mm-hmm. all those elements together in that Tony's way. Tony's a
3: heady guy. He's <laughs> a
0: heady guy, yeah. It's all right here. Yes. Um, yes. How cra- I, I, that's just crazy, to be 11 years old and, and yeah. just be thrust into a Broadway show. Did you under did you feel like you could understand what all, what the what the scope of that was? Well, I have to tell you I like, was really my buddies, I think I was really
1: lucky to be in the kind of show I was in. Um, I was in Gypsy, which is I mean, it's got to be the best musical of all time. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's I'm sure it's debatable, but that music, that overture for me, I, I think I think we um, 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 um. I think sometimes we 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 don't see how emotionally connected children can be. Um, I was 11 years old and I felt like that overture every time I listened to it was like my life story about to happen. Like I, I felt like right. that music to me just spoke volumes and I, I had no prior knowledge of it before I got there. I mean that's so. I guess that's when you know a piece is well written. You hear it for the first time without any history or or, or uh, preparation, and it hits you like a ton of bricks. And for me, that music, that storytelling, the way it was directed, the way Tyne Daly acted it, I I just got blown over by it as a kid. Um, and so I think I was lucky to be in that kind of production. I could have been in any other thing, and maybe I would have had a great experience. But I think I had. I think I got an ultimate one being a kid in that show for sure. I,
0: I would say so. Yeah, I, you make me feel very ashamed of my inner child. <laughs> what a slacker he was, uh, Ms. Karen Ziemba. When do you yes. remember first getting up there on the stage?
3: You know, I would, I did a lot what Tyler did. I you know I would put on scenarios. Now, I didn't have any sisters; I had all brothers, so they had to play everybody in my you know my little stories I wanted to tell. Uh-huh. And so we got all dressed up and did that kind of thing to you know, soundtrack albums to cast albums. My my parents loved theater and my dad would travel on business to New York on occasion and he would bring back like the big 78 LP, you know, with with Gwen Verdon on the front, you know, yeah. Sweet Charity and I'd put grooves in it, you know, because I'd played it so many times and danced around the living room so many times. But as as far as um, professionally, I, I mean, I, I was a ballet dancer first. I danced with the Ohio Ballet, which was a professional company. Um, but that, wasn't enough, and I probably wouldn't have lasted very long just because it didn't have the, the focus that I needed and for just that, mm. and I just felt I needed to express myself more fully, and since I would played around as a kid so much, singing and dancing with my brothers and being lots of cor- chorus and playing instruments and stuff when I was a kid, there, it, there was just more out there than yeah. just doing pure dance, even though I loved it. I loved yeah. concert dancing, but and thank God my mother put me in tap class too because then I knew could do that. So getting into the musical theater was much easier because I had all that training. I had that background. Yeah. Um,
0: the arsenal was stacked. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But when my first Broadway show, um, w- which was a chorus line, I remember having to ad- when I auditioned for that it. It had been running for a few years, so when you went on the road first with that show to get under your belt, you not o- you were not only auditioning for one role, you were auditioning for four roles mm. because you had to play a role, but you had to stand, or be ready to cover for others. So you had to learn. So I had to learn the Cassie dance. I had to sing what I did for love. I had to sing at the ballet. I did- they wanted to see what your range was and you know how versatile you were. Mm. Um, and I remember that being a, a, a pretty heady audition too. Yeah. But they said, "Okay, you're ready. You can do it." So that was that was my first show. So. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Through the gauntlet. So it was a good one to start with because yeah. it really um, put you through the ringer. But for real. But it's what it was all about. Mm. It's what our life as a dancer on Broadway is about. And when I did it then. I was a little bit young for it but I went away and did a couple other shows and it was still running on Broadway so I came back and replaced somebody and then I really got it. I understood yeah. what it was about because I'd been there in the business for a you few years. You had year. been that person that you yes, on who, stage. Right. Yeah. I was, had become a more realized person and gone, oh yeah, this really is, I really understood what it was about. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so that meant a lot. That that show like became even more powerful to me as I aged, and I think it even so more now yeah. when I see productions of it or hear that music.
0: Yeah, well, that speaks to the piece too, doesn't it? Yes. Just how how layered it it's a great is score. It should never
1: not be on Broadway.
3: Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes.
0: that's a, that's a
1: show that should that should like mm-hmm. be like uh, view of, uh, every college kid should be watching that show on Broadway. Yeah. You know, no matter who, for for where sure. they are and. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, I didn't. See,
0: I had never seen a production outside of the film. Deep shame. I feel very deep shame there. But um, I remember when I did, and I saw this revival, and when it got to you know the the topics of aging and and what comes next and that kind of thing, and I had been a dancer at that point for many years, it really struck me. Yeah. Mm. it really struck me, in kind, of, kind of like a ton of bricks. And he went, I went, oh, what
2: am I gonna do? Yeah, I was. I Tyler. was with you because I had only seen the film and I had never seen a production of it, and then. Um, our first read through um, at 890 Broadway. We were sitting in a circle because they we all pretty much had to go around and tell a little bit about our story and who we were and how we got there and and whatever. And then we read through it. And I remember just being like blown away by this story because I really didn't. The movie and 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 the musical, uh, the stage show are different, um, but being a part of it is different. And for me, um, that show, uh, and just the message, especially, and I, it, especially in what I did for love and like what you're singing about. And as you go through this business and as you start to age and as you deal with injuries and as you, you know, just different things, it's like, it's such a borrowed gift being a dancer and, you know, we're athletes and we put our bodies through it. And especially with that show, like you put your body through it. Um, it's, but it's yeah. So it's like rewarding.
1: the ultimate therapy. Yeah. It's like the ultimate Broadway therapy for <laughs> a dancer or a non-dancer because you're ultimately like constantly confronting your past mm-hmm. and what you've gone through to get to this point and what is going to happen after. And not mm-hmm. only do you did you do it that night, but you have to do it again the next night. <laughs> and things keep coming up. New things come up. Like I remember when I sang, what did I? What I did for love?" And I would constantly feel so much, but like it would change and it would keep evolving. And the longer my, my, you know, my run went in that year. I remember feeling new things and having to come to terms with who I was as a performer, as an individual. I mean, it's really powerful, that show, in that way. Mm-hmm. It just gets you.
0: All right, friends, we all know we love Broadway. And if you're anything like me, I can only imagine that you also love a great vacation. So, why not combine the two and take a Broadway themed vacation with Playbill? That's right. Playbill Travel has been hosting the biggest fans of Broadway all over the world on incredible week-long cruises that get you up close and personal with the biggest and brightest stars of Broadway. I'm not joking. One night you can hear an amazing and intimate performance by, I don't know, let's say uh, Tony Award winner and amazing human being Christine Ebersole. And the next morning, you're going on an incredible excursion through Iceland with her. Check out PlaybillTravel.com to take a look at Playbill's cruise up their own river in france where guests and broadway stars had the time of their lives playbill travel has two amazing cruises lined up between now and july of next year so head to playbilltravel.com to book your soon-to-be most favorite vacation ever i want to go back to going uh as you were developing and in, in, in your dance classes and beginning to train and that when did you put it together that oh i've got a voice in there too and I, you know, you speak to so many young dancers who are terrified of the idea of singing. And and when did you first go? La la la, hey, not bad.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna keep la la lying, Tyler. Uh, I, for me, <laughs> I I wanted to be a singer so bad as a child, and my sisters were all like amazing singers and amazing dancers, and I tried and I tried and I tried and I just wasn't. And and. But I, you know, was determined. And um, and I would be in the car with my mom, like, singing at the top of my lungs and being like, do I have vibrato? Is that vibrato? Like, not yet, <laughs> honey, not yet. And so I was like, all right. And so love it. Just, That's the perception of young people, yeah. too. Yeah. And singing like, do I have vibrato? Is that it? Well, it's a huge deal. That yeah. means I'm singing well. And so I just kept, it just, something clicked, and it wasn't, but it wasn't me that, you know, be, because as a dancer... For me, at least, like people like to be like, well, you know, this is what you are. So you're you're not a singer and you're not that. And for me, I was like, all right, well, I'll prove you wrong. And then I had an amazing mentor in Dave Clemens, uh, who was the one who kind of pulled me aside. I was doing this summer program in Tampa, Florida called Broadway Theater Project. And he... uh was the one who was like, because I was terrified to sing at this point. I was a teenager and he was like, you have a voice. And he was like, I want you to get up and sing in front of all like, you know, the camp. And I was like terrified and nervous and wanted to cry. Um, but I did that. And that was my start. And then it really just took one person being like, I see this and I hear this. And that started my journey because I forever was like, wasn't that. And then, and I just, it just clicked one day and it wasn't until I think I had to go through puberty and I think that was a big part of it. We all do. You know, I still am going through it. But, um, but it really, it took one person that just kind of turned it around for me and. Persistence, I guess. I love that. And then, then moving forward, were you able to just feel comfortable going for it and building, building that instrument? Uh, yes, I. Because I, you're I, a very good singer, Tyler. just I took, <laughs> I took a lot of steps forward, and then um, after I graduated high school uh full circle and ranking from that camp then cast me in the first national tour of Fosse, where I was one of the I was the track I was doing was one of the singer tracks. And then I went to college, and I was the dancer in my class. And so I and freshman year in college can be so awkward. Um, because everyone's just they want to be liked and you're settling in and and I just kind of started letting my peers affect my um, confidence in my voice because they were like, oh, well, you did Fosse, so you're the dancer. And so I was like, OK, I guess I'm the dancer. And then I, you know, and I moved to New York after my freshman year because um, I got cast in Oklahoma with Tony as a dancer. And then I just kept working as a dancer and I started losing who I was. And so I had to... Um, stop doing certain things and start putting myself out there as a singer and as an actor and and you know it's it was it's a journey i'm still on a journey with it miss karen ziemba
3: i i think it's true you, you never really stop evolving and for myself of course now i mean i mean i was a young leading lady at one point and now it's i'm a character actress and it's you just have to keep staying with who you are and opening yourself up to all these these little gems that come your way it's not like well i did that before so that's who i'm going to be forever right and that because you have that inside of you you can use that because it'll always come back to playing the person who acts like the little girl or whatever (laughs) or the the young you know is exactly yeah but As far as the voice goes, that never stops evolving and changing and getting richer and better, hopefully, if you take care of it Mm -hmm. and uh, you allow it to blossom, as it were. The dancing, of course, the body doesn't want to let you do certain things. The body does start to disintegrate a little bit. Mine divorced the, me a couple years ago. It's the joints, back. you know? It just, it's life. With You know, it's collagen. It's all that, you know, yeah. biological stuff that happens. And yeah. especially when you've been pounding it for so many years, especially the same side eight times a week, things start to happen. Right, yeah. on a rake, whatever. its It happens. Uh, so you just have to keep working against that and, and keeping yourself supple. But... Um, you have to open yourself up to stuff that maybe doesn't include that kind of stuff, so you can grow in another direction. Doesn't mean you're going to do something totally different with your life. Mm. You can do that too, um, but if you want to stay in this business, you have to just say, "Okay, this is I do something else now." This, the, yeah. I, yeah, I can move. I can still move and. Uh, fill a stage, uh-huh. but I'm not necessarily going to kick my face with my <laughs> foot or do the splits. Yeah, nor do you want to. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing.
0: Eight times a week. Like how many times a week we'll be doing it the It would be
3: fun to go like whap every once in a while. Yeah, but how, no. about
0: a, how about a fierce shoulder roll? I could do yeah, that. I can give you one of those. I can do
3: that.
1: Um,
0: I think that brings us to talking to you, Tony, even about finding Neverland, um, finding people's expectations, or what how
1: people like to pigeonhole actors. Mm-hmm. Is you're a dancer, you're a singer, you're whatever that is. You know, Uh, and I battled this so much in my life. You know, because like Tyler was saying, I mean, I you know, I train classically and. In, in college with the voice And I, it, my voice didn't come to me till pretty late I, I would say my my freshman year of college I had a voice teacher who heard me Trying to sing down the hall And I've had a lot of singing in my family My father was a singer, my, gra- my grandfather Was a singer, So, but I was like What's wrong with me? My voice isn't coming out And then somebody hears you, they take you under their wing And like four voice lessons, you have a voice With a vibrato and you're like, well, what just happened? Yes, the vibrato uh, yeah, and, At and, last! And then of course <laughs> you're like, well I gotta do this too If I, if I have it, I It's a gift. I must use it. Um, So you you train and you train. And, you know, it's interesting, but it it is this evolution that that Karen was saying. But um, for years, I wanted people to look at me as this straight actor who could sing and and take out the dancing. I've danced. You all know. But like, Mm. but the truth is, like, you can't. You can't negate what it is that God sort of blessed you with in the first place, because your 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 dance, your the the ability to do to physically dance is why people are so excited and happy to see you on the stage in the first place. So if you're if you're trying to like push out what everyone liked about you in the first place, that doesn't say much about you and what you want to give to the world. So I really mm-hmm. kind of came to this point where I was like. Okay. Just embrace it all. Just, just embrace it all. Like, okay, you're a dancer. Okay, they want to say that you're just. That's fine. Whatever they want, that's fine. It's fine. It's all good, mm-hmm. because because there will be a place for all of it. And the, the exciting thing is, some sometimes you know you find roles where you can do all three really really well and hopefully they just look at you as this storyteller ultimately mm-hmm. right and they don't look at oh that guy's a dancer that guy's a singer how about that just that guy just affected me and yeah i'm not sure how he did it with all the things he was doing but i walked out of the theater feeling something dramatic and that's i think where we feel like that's the ultimate goal and sure. we can just kind of embrace it all and stop stop trying to prove
3: ourselves so much golly you know?
0: gee isn't <laughs> that isn't that a the business addiction. Show.
1: yeah it sure is and
3: th- and having dance in your background is can only be a positive thing yeah. because of the way you walk because of how free you are to move and how confident you are with your body which i think helps any kind of performing mm. when you're yeah. singing or da- or acting too Absolutely. just standing and listening i mean is uh your presence and your the way you hold yourself Your As they say Your portage Or what's it called
0: I like portage Yeah
3: sounds good carriage. Portage means <laughs> Hashtag Your carriage Your, carriage, your yes. portage It's really uh, about You know When you enter mm. A room Enter a stage Whatever it is It's it, You're it's bringing all that With helps. you It yeah. helps Yeah I'm uh, so
0: grateful for it Both Tony and Tyler Mentioned uh, quickly p- People and moments Karen Where somebody said You've got a voice in there And, and how How life-changing that can be. Do you have a mentor that you feel was able to really support you
3: and change you know, I your d- journey? Once I moved to New York, I really got serious about it because it was doing the eight shows a week and getting through that. And, and um, so I had a wonderful voice teacher, um, Joan Later, who really helped me a lot. And I go back to her on occasion too. But uh, people like John Kander will say to me, he'll go, Karen, every every time I see you, your, your voice has gotten bigger or whatever. And it, a lot of it is just get all the stuff that I've studied with a voice teacher over the years you finally get. It's like yeah. oh that's, that's, that's what, what she meant 10 years ago. Sometimes it takes a while for everything to sink in and for you to feel it. It doesn't happen overnight. like You don't learn to dance overnight. Yeah, It takes time and when you start as a kid of course it's like real easy. Sure. But when with the voice I think it's the same thing. Things click in, in different t- at different times right. and you just have to Keep at it.
0: Yeah, and I like this idea of, of following your own evolution of, of like, ah, an aha moment that's going to get me now through mm-hmm. right. the next contract uh-huh. or, or whatever it is. <laughs> are you in a show? I know you are. Do you want to add some Broadway flair to your school or community theater production? Well, Playbuilder lets you build your very own Broadway quality playbill program. Each Playbill is fully customizable for your production. Dates, song title, cast names, production credits, artwork, and even advertising. It's a great way to promote your show, raise money for your organization, and create a professional, printable program. Save valuable time with Playbuilder Express. Select from thousands of pre-populated programs in our database and simply begin to customize your production's Playbill. Visit Playbuilder.com to learn how you can create your own Playbill today. One of the things we like to do here at the Broadway cast is connect with people who are doing theater all over the country. But today, we're going to connect with somebody who I am—I think it's fair to say has influenced all of us as actors, singers, or dancers. Uh, And we're going to bring him in to talk a little bit about what we've been discussing already, the the life and journey of being a triple threat on Broadway. Um, And no one knows it quite like this gentleman. So let's get the surprise guest on the line. It's ringing. This is so fun. Hello. Well, hi there. Uh, Is this Joel Grey? It sounds like him. It does sound (laughs) like him. Hi, Joel Grey. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, Joel Grey.
0: Welcome and bienvenido.
5: Welcome.
1: Oh, man. (laughs)
5: <laughs> I think it's me
0: It is you You just checked in Well, Joel, we're How here on ya? Playbill Presents, the Broadway cast I'm sitting uh, I
5: love that I love Playbill Presents
0: That ma- that makes me very, very happy that you love that I love you even more than I always have now um, I'm sitting here with uh, Tony Asbeck, Karen Ziemba,
1: and wait Tyler Wait a minute,
5: wait a minute Tony Asbeck is the greatest male <laughs> star on Broadway, hey. period
1: <laughs> Tony, thoughts All on right, that? Joel, calm down, sir Calm no, down, I'll Joel. I'll try. I love
5: okay, you. I'm, I'm all right. I'm sorry, Tony. Forgive me. <laughs> Wait, no, I, Who else you
0: got there? I, I see, <laughs> I'm happy to tell you. I've got Karen Ziemba. No, no, no. Don't tell me Karen Ziemba. <laughs> I am telling you Karen Ziemba. Hi, Joel. <laughs> I adore Karen. <laughs> do you guys have a do you have, uh, well, memory Joel, of meeting Joel Joel
3: the was the my time? Amos in Chicago. I, oh. I was. He was my hubby.
5: I was your hubby, your hubby-wubby-wubby.
3: But, of of course, I loved Joel long before that.
0: Oh, absolutely. I admired him, so... Uh, who else you got there? I've got Tyler Haynes from Cats in Oklahoma, and he's a, remar- he's a remarkable, incredible <laughs> talent, Joel. You would love him very much. I
5: know who he is. Excuse <gasps> oh. me.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> How does that make you feel, that Tyler? That makes me feel
2: wonderful.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Joel, so we've been talking to these these three incredible performers a little bit about the origins of their careers as triple threats, and I'd like to turn to you and and ask where, uh, where the theater bug bit. You first, or when? Maybe sounds less weird.
5: uh, I was older than most of them. I was nine (laughs) when I started. I fell in love with the theater, but I never thought I would sing and dance. I always thought I was just going to be an actor. But I've I certainly made my commitment and knew that I I had to be uh, in the theater that early, and it never stopped.
0: Yeah, and when you, if you thought you were going to be an actor, when did you first kind of put tap toe to the floor and realize that that was part of your your skill set and your gift?
5: Oh, I, I had a part in a play in Cleveland, Ohio. That was one of the best parts ever written for an actor. I never knew that then because I was nine years old, <laughs> but it imprinted on me the. Um, the importance to me and to the world of what the theater can do for people, how it how it illustrates the things we need to know about human nature and about our lives. And uh, it can change people. And I thought, oh, that's an amazing thing. <laughs> people come and see this play and think differently after something that half a dozen actors and myself told that story that night.
0: What was the role? What was this life-changing role at nine, Joel?
5: Um, His name was Pud, (laughs) and his parents died in an accident in the first five minutes, and he was going to be brought up by his grandfather, who was his great friend. It became a movie with Lionel Barrymore many years later, (laughs) and then I directed it at the Two River Theater in New Jersey, um, two years ago, and we're hoping to maybe bring it to Broadway this next season.
0: Hmm. Well, cool. please do! What a cool full yeah. full circle moment that would be.
5: Yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love that.
0: You, you know, so many people know you from your Oscar winning role in in Cabaret and and on the stage. How has that uh, particular show changed the trajectory of your life?
5: Well, it's it's an honor, you know, to be connected with something that, in fact has a political and psychological impact on audiences and on human beings. I mean, it tells a story that's got to be told year after year.
0: Mm -hmm. Joel, I don't know if you'll remember this. I know you know our, our fabulous panel of stars here, but we were in the original cast of Wicked together, Joel, and I remember being so very taken with watching you in rehearsal and the things you were coming up during the wonderful number.
1: Oh
5: my God! I didn't know what I was doing.
1: <laughs>
0: it didn't seem that way, Joel.
5: I was lost.
0: Well, <laughs> did, did I? I'm pretty sure you found it, Joel.
5: Yeah, we did find it. You know, but it was it was something that was not in the original
0: show. And um, but that's how this works now, Joel. If you can get Joel Gray, now it's part of the show. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs>
5: I, I understand that. In the subsequent casts, they've cut out that dance.
0: Because nobody can do it like well, can, you, Joel. Who's <laughs> well, I don't know
5: about that. But <laughs> yeah, who's coming in? I guess, I guess they didn't think it was important in the first place.
0: Uh, I'm not sure that's the reasoning. <laughs> I'm sure if they could get Joel Gray back.
5: Welcome and bienvenue. Wonderful. Oh, oh, it's a hybrid. <laughs> yeah, got a hey, got a, hey,
1: hey, Joel, Joel, what was your inspiration to start dancing? Who, who were your inspirations?
5: Gene Kelly. Fred Astaire mm. and the great ballet dancers of the time. I mm. thought that ballet was amazing, mm. but it was so so hard to to choose that as a young person because there was so much attitude about you know your sexuality if you were a male ballet dancer. So mm. I kind of got scared off by that. Mm. <laughs> but I got I got a feeling that maybe. I didn't have really the the chops for the ballet, but it's one of my favorite things ever to see.
0: Hmm. Joel, what has been, if you, in in your legendary career, it's just the only word that really makes sense, we have to say legendary, um, what what would you say has been the highlight for you? What has been the moment that you said, ah, here I am? Your iva... I
5: think, there have been, I've been really lucky, and there have been so many, but I, I suspect it was winning the Tony
0: yeah, do you, re- do you remember right. the moment, or does does it all just go white I do. and hazy?
5: I do, and uh, it was like I had I had failed and failed and failed and tried and tried and tried, and there was nothing that I could do to to get a part of my own, and uh, I was like the replacement of all time, and I finally got Hal Prince had this idea that I could play the MC. Mm. And I did and it was what I'd always being accepted by the Broadway theater community was as good as it gets.
0: And Joel, what's coming down the pike? What's keep what what occupies your time today?
5: Oh, running into Tony Asbeck and telling him how good he is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a full time job. <laughs> we love you, Joel Gray. Thanks for calling us on the Broadway cast. All right. Holy moly! How exciting is that? Yeah. Did you guys know? So cool. Did you have an inkling? I saw you start to say. we not sure.
3: Not sure. There was a rumor.
1: You, you know, know rumor. rumors fly around Broadway. But
3: he's 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 wonderful. He's yeah, a wonderful he, actor. He really he is. is. I mean, I've seen him in a lot of straight roles too in films, sure. and he's just he's there's a lot going on. Mm.
0: And I but I love that it's that mantle of being a dancer. You know, he carries that and wears that as a as mm. an ambassador. So wonderfully, well, yeah, because he did
3: George M. and
0: Let's talk a little bit about your 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 roads to Broadway, and obviously, you're all very successful and incredibly skilled performers. Um, you know, we we know some of your credits, but as you've gone on through, have there been times that you've said there's not been a contract, perhaps, or or <laughs> there? How do we survive and create career longevity as as triple threat performers?
2: I, I mean, for me, uh, I made a decision after a chorus line. And, uh, that was what, 10 years ago that I wanted to, when I was doing the Revival Suite charity, uh, Shannon Lewis had pulled me aside and she was like, listen, if she was like, I know that you sing and I know that you act. And, um, if you want to have longevity, you got to start having people see you that way. So, Maybe start, you know, contemplating um, not, you know, taking the same type of contract. And after A Chorus Line, that's when I was like, all right, I want to go learn how to be a leading man. And so then not only I had to convince, you know, people here, I had to convince myself. And so I went away, did a lot of regional theater. um, And I had, what, nine years between Broadway gigs from A Chorus Line to On the Town. But in that time... um, I lived my life. I moved out to L.A. Um, I started dabbling in choreography and directing um, and teaching. And I, it was really important for me to learn how to live a well-rounded life. Um, and just, you know, as a man and as an actor. And it made it easier for me going along in this journey because I can be specific with the jobs that I take because I know how to make money um, doing something... Creative as well, Um, and getting my voice out there um, as a um, choreographer or as a director, you know. So it really and it's just it's like lifting weights. It's you know working exercising those muscles um, are very important to me. I've heard of this lifting weights.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I've not
0: tried it myself.
3: Ah.
0: How about you, Karen Zamba?
3: Well, I just I never say never. Um, You know, never say. Oh, I'm never going to do that, or I won't do it for that little bit of money, or I want, I just, you know, you just have to open yourself up. For me, anyway, I need to do that. Somebody, you know, uh, says, hey, I got this radio play that we're doing for this. Thing. You know, it's like, mm. oh, that sounds cool. Let's mm. do that. Or, oh, you, oh, we well, want to do this concert out here um, that I'm doing it, you know, wherever. It's like, it just. You know, I I I too, um, like Tyler said, um, after a certain point, I did. Um, I said after it, it actually was after contact because that was like two years of like really hard dancing, and it, of course, changed my life because mm-hmm. of the Tony Award and everything. As far as like you know, just just where you are, um, in the business, mm-hmm. sure, and you have five names now, so it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but but it Tony was like Award okay, winner, right? Yeah. Now I want to. Stretch, mm. and so I, I the first thing I did out of the box was do a play. Um, in the it went to regional theater and did a play, and I've been doing a lot more of that kind of thing, uh-huh. and I've uh, started to do more of that kind of stuff off Broadway. Um, I just did a Horton Foot play before I started doing Prince of Broadway. It's just keep uh, keep all the juices flowing. Yeah, <laughs> playing all the different characters, doing the different dialects. It's just it's so rewarding, and it's. You don't it's it's hard to believe what you have inside of you mm. that yeah. just keeps coming up. Tyler I saw, was just
2: on on her journey, uh-huh. I saw her do Dolly <laughs> Levi and Hello Dolly in Chicago. Mm. Oh, yeah? It was amazing. Because it was like for me as someone who, you know, like I like I, and I've seen your work in so many things, but I like just my favorite thing about you is you're you're such a great actress. Mm. Mm-hmm. And like and I was in Chicago doing a show, and I went to come and see it, and I was just like, I'd never seen Dolly before, and I just loved everything you were doing, and it was so smart, and it was so full, and your thoughts were so clear, and it was funny, and it was so many things that I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. Oh, thank you, you know? and, and You know, <laughs> and it was cool. It was awesome. I loved it. Thank you, honey. So
0: that was a beautiful
2: moment I have a single <laughs> tear Rolling He's down my cheek right
0: He's here Kumbaya. <laughs> uh,
1: Mr. Yazbek Yes, Well, we were talking about all that um, Talk about being well-rounded I think there is a, something Immediately in that You know, like just going back um, When I was I guess quotation marks a chorus boy or whatever you want to say a, you know a dancer who just was very lucky to be on Broadway um, I did have a conversation l- like Tyler had where um, you know Jay Bender a casting director pulled me aside with my agents and said I think now's the time and I didn't really understand what he was talking about he said you know I, I had been getting a little role here a little role there regionally and things like that just testing out waters and he said now's the time it's time to stop accepting ensemble on Broadway and granted and granted I was majorly um, in debt I mean, at, the, at that moment. And I was like, well, this is terrible timing because um, I can get that work right now and I can pay that off. And, and he said, no, it's time now. Wow. And um, he was he's always been a, an incredible supporter of mine. But I didn't quite understand it at that young age. Um, and so I turned down two Broadway offers uh, wow. in the succession of the, those three weeks. Uh, I, felt, I felt like an idiot, but I trusted. And uh, I started to get looked at more seriously because... I just threw myself in that direction.
0: I, you know, I wonder in moments like that when you when you just happen to be as 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 triple threats are, and there's not a lot of people who do what what, what you people do. Um, that there's almost a, a stigma of, well, I'm just too talented to to play some of these roles. You know, they'll if they can use you in the ensemble for for this and do covers well
1: yeah i mean it's like the first time i ever met stroman was when you know tyler and i did oklahoma together and i remember going to that final callback and i'm wondering why they're having me sing everything under the sun and dance every movement and speak all the lines and they're so excited that i can do all these things well it's because they want you as the swing you know, yeah. and, and that and that was something that I didn't quite understand when I came to New York. And I I swung two Broadway shows, but my first one was Oklahoma, and gosh, that was the hardest job I've ever had. I mean, that was swinging twelve tracks and understudying a principal role, and I, I don't think I ever got it correct ever. Like I re, like I really don't think I ever had fun, like on the stage. I was always just worried that I didn't hit anybody. But I remember that moment of feeling like, what I I did everything and more for you. And and you want me to swing, and then I realized, oh, I have a profound respect for swings, because not only are they that talented, but they're that smart, and because they have to be, I mean, they just have to be. And then and then I realized, like, oh, that my path was to learn that so that I could get creative enough to start acquiring a director and choreographer mindset Mm. as a performer. And so that attributed to my ability to collaborate with incredible director choreographers, you know, it, it, people that I look up to now, Susan Stroman's uh, top of my list, but I look at like Tina Landau, I look at Bill T. Jones, those three for me in the past have just opened my eyes up and, and, but you look at back in the day, that's where it started. You know, it's, it's being a swing in a Broadway show. That made me understand what it takes to put a whole show together. You know, it's really yeah, interesting.
0: And then they're so unsung in the way that oh, they yeah. should—they should be sung and shouted from the rooftop. We were talking a little bit ago about—I uh, think the Cheetah Rivera Awards are considering. I think BB said this, uh, honoring swings next next Absolutely. year. Absolutely, um, because you know, talking, These are people who are covering principal roles as well as ensemble roles, and sometimes at the same—yeah—at the same yeah. time. Let's talk about just upkeep within working in the eight show a week lifestyle. Um, When you are having to maintain your voice and you do have to dance and on a rake and what does it take to be available for that? Do you sit at
1: home with tea and turn off all the lights and Um, meditate all day? I think, I mean, there, there are basics. It's always basics are the top priority. I think, you know, drinking enough water during the day. Um, but also getting enough sleep, and, and like six hours just actually isn't enough on an eight show week. You you have to figure out how to do eight. I, I don't know how I'm doing that with a child right now at home, but we figure that out. And you know, little things like it, 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 as, as a dancer, I think I started learning this um, at the beginning of my on the town run, but but you know, dousing my legs in ice every night right after the show, and you know. Uh, take off that microphone and put my feet into buckets of ice. It it completely preserves me for the next show. Um, That has saved my life. Um, But, um, just, I I think, honestly, understanding how to handle stress, too. Like, Mm -hmm. just, um, balancing that level of stress in your life if you have any because the stress really takes a toll on a performer especially on a physical performer because we're just exercising our bodies so much that we need everything else to be calm <laughs> and cool yeah. and collected i think um but yeah that's that's what i'd say for me missy emba yeah
3: we're lucky at uh, uh, tony and i are doing prince of course together of course, mm-hmm. and, uh, You've got these um, nine cast members and four understudies right. that are just really fabulous people. Mm. And I, mean, I think Stroman has has the key when it comes to casting in mm. that way, because she doesn't only cast very gifted people, but people who are collaborators, who are going to just rise to the occasion and aren't going to cause a lot of freaking problems, because mm. people sometimes just like to cause problems, because they do. And Actors they,
0: can be dramatic. Yes
3: just so this is a good group, and so you just kind of like they you they do their job and they support each other mm. and the nature of Prince of Broadway anyway is sometimes we are in the ensemble and sometimes we are in front, shining, right. so it's we back each other up we we buoy each other, and then sometimes they buoy us, so we are this rep company, so everybody is in the same. Place it's nobody's like le- yeah exactly yeah. so that sort of lends itself also to to, to that sharing as it were yeah of but the stage
0: and and I, I'm just thinking back in my mind and seeing you in curtains and seeing you in contact and and those roles so physical is it is there a, a warm up or a system that that you re- require or do before you take on.
3: I love to do yoga stretches and roll on the on a, on a, on a styrofoam mm-hmm. or, a, or a roller now that has like spikes in it. <laughs> so like
1: you, medieval um, torture yeah, devices and like help me do, I, I use a rolling pin. No joke. Do you really? I, I take yeah. a rolling pin You need something really hard, the, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, rolling your feet, um, just closing your eyes and, and kind of blocking things out, you know, vocalizing. It's all that stuff that just sort of gets you in. But I think that any kind of physical stretching is good for your voice and for your body. Absolutely. Yeah. It helps warm everything up.
0: Yeah. What uh, have been the highlight
2: moments in your career to this point? I feel it, like one. Of, the first thing that comes to mind was my first uh, professional job as an adult was the National Tour of Fosse. And there's so many that show there are just there are just so many wonderful the whole it's just a show of like great amazing Fosse numbers and like and I lucked out with the track that I came into because I got to do I got to do steam heat and I got to you know just certain things that were like these numbers that I had seen on captured on film and then getting to do and and it's just you know doing that vocabulary and for me just was such an incredible highlight. And if it would have just ended there, I would have been so good. But there are things like doing the opening number to a chorus line, um, for like, you know, on the Tony awards or whatever, or doing there's, you know, a part in cats where it's called Warsaw, where we run down at the end of the Jellicle ball and we all stand in there and doing this move. And it's like, bom, 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 bom. and it's just, you feel the legacy that came before you. And it's just such a, uh, Overwhelmed. there are just so many emotions and, and, and I love that. I love just getting carried away with, with the moment and also what's come before. Mm-hmm. You know? mm, I like legacy. Yeah, I like that yeah. too.
1: It does feel like when you're part of something special, you can feel that. You feel all the spirits with you in that theater and, and you feel like you're part of it. I think that that's what's most thrilling is you feel like you, you've made it to be part of everything that's come before you. It's really exciting to feel that way.
0: Yeah. Karen?
3: Well, um Tony would know something about this too. Is uh, when I did uh, Crazy for You on Broadway. Part of what was so wonderful about the show that was the longest run I've ever done on How Broadway, long? and it was so easy to do, and so such a joy to be there every night because of the Gershwin. I mean, a lot of it is what is underneath you, mm. and the joy and the and the the, the melodies and mm. all of that too. But also, it was just a high spirited show full of love and. And comedy, and it was real musical comedy, and that was that was a pretty special. I got to see her
1: in that show when I was fourteen. We took a school trip, Uh and I said, "Who are these performers?" It was like Jimmy Brennan and Karen Zima, and all of us were just like, "Oh!" And then we watched. I got rhythm, and it came to intermission. We were like, "What did we just see?" And I think I think that was the show that made that like cemented that I was definitely doing musical theater in my career. Mm just watching that it was unbelievable to well
3: in know, a, in he a, has to do it <laughs> in, a, in a
0: moment of Ziemba worship I will tell you I think that I, that leading ladies at Carnegie Hall concert for me I think I watched your performance in that a zillion times and just so was like how she just, I mean, to fill that space with energy and song and dance and, and so expertly.
3: Thank you. I was going to say, that. and then kind of on that same level, being in the Rock Cats line with the Rock Cats. That was, yeah. yeah. In that particular show, it was like, wow. Hmm. That did, was pretty special.
0: Did that hearken you back to, we were sp- uh, speaking a little bit before we even started recording, that one of your first jobs in New York City was at Radio City? That's right. Yeah.
3: Yes, uh, it was. It was called Encores. It was the fiftieth anniversary of Radio City Music Hall, and so they had this. Panoply of all the the big hits of from Radio City, you know the Glory of Easter and the yeah. Rhapsody mm-hmm. in Blue and this and that and and, and uh, we did a big medley. A bunch of kids did a big medley called Fifty Years of Popular Song, and that's what I was in. But we also were in some of the un- big ensemble numbers where everyone filled the stage, and we, so we got to dance with the Rockettes then too. You oh, know, that's
0: such, I mean that's such a, a childhood dream kind of uh-huh. moment come true. So uh, two final things I, I like to leave with, um, if you could. Uh, do any role What would be the dreamiest role That you oh, could imagine gosh. for yourself Which is a tricky question for people Who have played some serious dream roles And what do you think Tony
1: uh, You know
0: oh, Death gosh. of the Salesman the musical You know what's
1: crazy is that we, we get asked this a lot In this yeah. business And you know what I'm waiting for And I know this is sounds so cliche But I'm I'm really waiting for somebody To write roles for Song and Dance Men and Women Because I don't quite think people are yet. I don't think that they, I don't think they quite know that we're, that we're ready and rearing for a show like that. I think people start writing things and then they put dance in where they, they try to, they try to smash in little things like dance into a singing number. And, and I think it would be wonderful if we had writers out there that wrote for triple threat type of people that wrote something that that was for a song and dance man that was maybe something contemporary and modern and we didn't have to hearken it back to the 1930s and 40s. We made it now. I mean, what would that be like? And I think we've yeah. started the conversation maybe with La La Land. I think we've started it, but it would be great to continue it and, and see it come to you know full fruition on Broadway. But you know, I'd love to play like George and Sunday in the Park with George or something. Yeah. That would be cool.
0: <laughs> you could do that. We'll make that happen for you. Karen Ziemba mm-hmm.
3: I agree with Tony it's always yeah. about the next thing the next creating the next character um, uh, doesn't have to be iconic in any way but just, just something really special yeah. and uh, that um, you can bring to life and, and use all the skills that you have I've been very fortunate as I've as I've gotten older, I've gotten the chance to play. You know, the Dolly, then Mrs. Lovett, um, Mama Rose. Mm. Uh, what's next? That, let me see. Haven't done Mame yet. <laughs> there's there's quite a few out there still that like I'd like to do. Putting that in the universe in now. The now universe. it's out there. Yes. Yeah. But, but to do those again and again and again because you still can, I still can and mm-hmm. hopefully we will continue to repeat them in different venues and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not like yeah. once you one and done. It's like well, do it again some yeah. time.
0: Tyler Haynes. I would love to see that. So <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> My, is, Tyler Haynes' You're dream role is to
5: watch Karen well, Ziemba. Audience name. watching
2: Karen Ziemba.
3: <laughs> Done.
2: Aww. I can make that happen. Actually. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, I I totally agree with everything that's been said, and um, I don't know. I I like things for me. They're like the roles that I'm like, ooh, that would be that's a good fit. But there are the things that terrify me that I'm like, but that would that would that would be cool because that's not something I would see myself in and uh I don't know. Uh after doing Tugger and Cats, like I I would love to play Hedwig or um something for me, a show that I did that I would love to revisit in a couple years, but I would love to play Peter Allen and the Boy from Oz. Mm. Like I I I really love that show. Um and it's a it's a great story and it's a great role and he, you know, was a great artist and Hugh Jackman, you know, Knock that out of the park, and I would just love uh, to—I don't know—sink my teeth on it, in it, on it, in it. What? I don't know. You get it? We're fine. boom Boom. bite it, and then they sink in a (laughs) steeple.
3: Have your keek
0: and eat it. uh, Your keek, your 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 cake. Have your keek and cake it (laughs) too. Please have your keek. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank of you course, so much. you can see Karen and Tony in Prince of Broadway, which was extended yes. recently October as well. Twenty 29th. Congratulations on Thank that. You. Thanks. Um, Tyler is eight times a week rum tum tuggering his way through Cats. So if you get an opportunity to be in New York City, go see him. He's tremendous as well. You guys have inspired a lot of people, and it's fun, been fun to listen to you guys talk about how you've inspired each other, and um, and what a special, unique kind of club. That you, that you get to be in. And I think that it inspires young people to go, maybe I can too. And I think that's very neat. So I want to say thank you so much for being here with us on the Broadway cast. And I'm going to say to all of our listeners, we love you very much and have a great show.
3: Thank you. Yay. That's great.
0: Hey, make sure you tune in next week. It is a doozy. It is a Dear Evan
1: Hansen
0: doozy. Doozy as we sit down with the Murphys That's Jennifer, Laura Thompson, Michael Park And Laura Dreyfus. You do not want to miss out on that Make sure you don't miss a single episode And subscribe to us on iTunes And now you can listen to Playbill Presents The Broadway Cast on Spotify And while you're at it Follow
1: us on all social media platforms At The Broadway Cast